0: If you can do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy If you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like One that I don't mess up being a manager (sighs) We're just three cats that never played a single snap Here to tell you how to draft, win the ship, and run it back the stats ain't tell the story, This the story of the stats You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles Stick to the path and follow us disciples The only sin is math and all you need is the Bible It's the
1: fantasy Bible It's the fantasy Bible It's the fantasy Bible. Bible. It's the fantasy Bible. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the fantasy Bible. My name is Nathan Beiner. I'm here today as always with Dane. Dane, how you
0: doing? Doing great. We have our first football game of the year, if you can call it that. The Hall of Fame game is on tonight. We're recording on Thursday. It'll be played by the Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers and mostly their backups. So first preseason game of the year, kind of, in a way.
1: Yeah, it should be interesting to see. I mean, hopefully we'll see a few snaps of Najee Harris. We may even see a few snaps of like a C.D. Lamb, maybe a Michael Gallup. Um, You know, who else might we see? Tony Pollard we'll probably see out there. So there'll be some some candidates, maybe even like some of the wide receivers on the Steelers, like uh Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson, could be out there,
0: yeah, uh, maybe dwayne Haskins, you know, uh <laughs> oh yeah, hey,
1: that's uh, more relevant than you might think because like yeah,
0: potentially, there's
1: not a huge chance that you know like big Ben is at this point less likely to make it through the season than he is i said
0: that wrong
1: but you you get what i'm saying <laughs>
0: yeah he, he probably won't be back for the steelers in 2022 is what i'm thinking so
1: yeah and and he might not make it through 2021 just given his like tendency to get injured yeah. Yeah, um all right uh so yeah so on this this uh episode of the podcast we're getting into the nfc north uh you know continuing our divisional preview series which will wrap up next wednesday with the AFC North, the Norths, as they say. And then when we're done with that, we're really excited
0: because then we can get to the best
1: episode of the year, our Hot Takes episode.
0: Oh, yeah. It's going to be spicy. I got I already got some cooking, you know, extra, extra occasion on that. It's going to be great. It's going to be kind of outlandish. You can be like, these guys are idiots. Well, they're Hot Takes, all right? They're not high probability outcomes. Otherwise, you'd know about them and you'd be drafting accordingly. But there's things that'll be interesting get Your mind going, uh, this could happen maybe, and maybe that'll change your mind on a player, they might have more upside than you thought before. So,
1: I think you're gonna like today's uh, mystery question round because it's oh, uh, yeah. it's a little bit, it's not really a preview of my hot takes, but it's like you know, it has hot take flavor, it's a little spicy, not it's it's like um, medium, like you know, the sauce that's called medium, but it's like yeah, spicier than it should be for a sauce that's called medium. Like, <laughs> just call it hot and then call it something else very hot and then call mild medium and then make a new thing that doesn't taste like anything and give it to me (laughs) call that one mild (laughs) all right (laughs) that's my stance on hot sauce all right um before we get into this nfc north preview i have to remind you all of course you can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is where we're posting most of our stuff nowadays. Also, we have a website, thefantasybible.com. You can check out Dean's latest article on Taysom Hill. You can check out our quarterback rankings. And a little news uh, up front. I graduate, I don't graduate. I finished my my very first class of (laughs) grad school uh, this Friday, which should free up some time. Uh, for me to also start putting content on the website so i expect that to bloom as we get into the season as we continue our two episode pace um but yeah all right dane what do we got in
0: news today? massive rumors circulating your team the phil well your team for now the philadelphia eagles are in rumors to trade for deshaun watson uh but there's also reports coming out that they're not so yes it <laughs> might <laughs> man it's so hard to get a read on that situation the texans probably don't even know what they're doing with deshaun watson this year the nfl doesn't know what they're doing with deshaun watson this year whether they're going to suspend him or fine him or kick him out of the league forever it, uh, you know a lot of illegal stuff going on in the background we might not even see Deshaun Watson at all this year. He might be back after a couple games. He might start week one. Uh, You know, I don't think he will, but uh, I don't know. How would you feel if Deshaun Watson was fly birds fly on the Eagles? So there's
1: a couple of things to this report. So first, like a younger me would have rejected the reality of this happening. I would have been like, no, this is just a bunch of nonsense. This is the media You know, just drumming up nonsense as they close out the off season of nonsense, uh, site news cycles, uh, you know, drumming up every little Aaron Rodgers move every Mm. little Russell Wilson, uh, minutia and so on. Um, but yeah, uh, today, I don't know. We've just seen so much, so many situations where smoke has become fire or smoke has signaled fire. Like these, these, like there have been so many reports tying Deshaun Watson to the Eagles, dating back to before the allegations were even filed um, against Deshaun Watson. And a lot of that has to do with the capital that uh, the Eagles possess, although obviously there's a big chance that uh, their first round potential pick from the Colts is now a second round pick because of Carson Wentz's uh, yes. <laughs> but thing. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, like, it's weird, because I don't understand why a team would trade for Desha- Deshaun Watson, while the legal situation is still ongoing, while there's 22 lawsuits against them, even if they were like, you know, so morally bankrupt to ignore the, the reality that there's probably I don't know, I don't really want to speak on something that's like an ongoing allegations, but with the the high quantity of lawsuits, and uh, the the confirmation that there was a, you know, a lot of massage therapists uh, seen within a short amount of time. Uh, it's another smoke to fire situation, uh, but without really getting into that too much. Yeah, that would be like right now, the Eagles are in a spot where there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of positive reports coming out from camp, not from the offense's performance, but from. Uh, how Nick Sirianni is running the camp and some of the modern methods he's employing and uh, in, in how Jonathan Gannon is running the defense, actually deploying multiple personnel sets, three fours, four threes, all, all, a lot of variation there, similar to what Staley uh, ran in the number one rated Rams defense last year. So it just is, would be kind of like a crushing blow to a lot of Eagles fans out there to take away... Jalen Hurts is from starting, who is, you know, I'll bite probably not talented enough to be a starting NFL quarterback, but seemingly is of the highest character. Uh, And just, is just the kind of guy that you would want to root for, for Deshaun Watson, who is a guy who should not really be playing in the league. So for me, it would definitely, I I could not root for a team with Deshaun Watson on it. Um, So I would kind of individually root for Devante Smith because I'm too invested now in Devonte smith to not be rooting <laughs> for him and then uh the closest team to me is the uh, jacksonville jaguars i'm rocking a jacksonville jumbo shrimps hat right now um so i would probably just kind of root for them although that's problematic in its own right because obviously i'm not, not a huge urban meyer fan but you know i like the the whole young quarterback. and like if i had my choice of teams it would probably be like the 49ers because you know I, like i love shanahan and i love like the, the potential of trey lance going into the season but it's just like i don't want to root for a west coast team like if i'm picking a team to root for in this situation where i'm temporarily rooting for them it should be a team where i can drive to the games you know what i mean
0: yeah that makes sense a little homer aspect there um so to frame that uh Deshaun watson to the eagles rumor around the fantasy football conversation which uh sorry I (laughs) know that's all right that's all right it's good good context to hear what an Eagles fan thinks about this situation on their uh, Deshaun on their team but uh so let's say these rumors persist and the Eagles are allegedly in talks to acquire Deshaun Watson let's say those rumors persist up until our draft does this make you hesitate on drafting Jalen Hurts it must must make you think about it right that's where I'm wondering if this has any fantasy relevant news for Jalen Hurts himself so i have been following
1: eagles practice reports rather closely now a lot of people say you can't take put stock in practice reports i personally disagree i think that if you read like the notes every day you're gonna know who's standing out at camp and whos you know who's gonna get opportunities and know who's executing the playbook and really what the playbook is um so with that said if I, if the notes continue in the direction that they have I won't be targeting jalen hurts at all period yeah. um it does not look like he's killing it
0: yeah not in the passing game From what i you know he has streaks of good and streaks of bad yeah so.
1: highlight plays which there always are at, at training camp but nothing to, like a lot of like uh okay so someone adam kaplan is, is a long time nfl reporter and he was at eagles training camp and he said that uh there were like one-on-one like ghost drills where like not one-on-ones but like no cornerback just like routes on air receivers running routes and and jalen hurts was missing passes to them yeah and he was just like he was like i've never seen that before i've never seen that before in like my 30-year career of covering the nfl i've never seen an nfl quarterback missing like gimme routes you know so no that's uh that like for someone whose issue is accuracy that does not bode well. Now, if Jalen Hurts, if there's still like a directive from on high just, you know, to start Jalen Hurts, you still have to consider him because the rushing potential is still there. And, and apparently it's being employed quite a lot. Uh, and they're, they're, it seems like what I've heard, they're doing a lot of, uh, you know, design quarterback runs, a lot of plays where Jalen Hurts has them scrambling. And then they're also having a lot of like uh pony plays where there's two running backs on the field which is big big baltimore ravens energy coming out of philly right now but um yeah if, if this uncertainty persists up to the draft it would add to the uncertainty i have about drafting Jalen hurts
0: okay that's what i thought as well uh to segue away from the philadelphia eagles portion of this podcast uh... no, no 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 let's let's <laughs> get down the roster i have the practice it. <laughs> i'm sure you do <laughs> All right. uh carson wentz is the big news he has oh, we're surgery. Are we moving
1: away from the eagles portion
0: <laughs> well yeah kind of this is the seg. this is the, the uh, soft out, you the could soft say. out. <laughs> love uh, so apparently carson wentz had some injury to his foot that could date all the way back to his time in high school where he probably broke his foot and it healed enough to where he could play through it and didn't really think about it anymore and then in training camp the bone came loose, it's lodged in his foot somewhere, they had to, uh, I was going to say amputate, no, they, <laughs> uh, they had to do surgery to remove that, and they gave him a timetable of five to 12 weeks sidelined, so if he's on the very front of that five weeks would put him potentially starting week one, I don't think that's very likely, and if he misses 12 weeks, man, you might not see him until week eight, so that's a lot of uncertainty, I think. And also i must mention quentin nelson the star uh, left guard i believe for that team uh very very good left guard all pro he is also the same injury five to twelve weeks uh part of his foot uh broken bone and same surgery same timetable five to twelve weeks he came out on instagram said he's gonna smash that and i think that's necessary for this offense without carson wentz you can't also lose your star guard they had a one of the best offensive lines rosters in football and now you don't have a good quarterback potentially and you don't have your good guard. So this moves Jonathan Taylor down for me, definitely.
1: Yeah, uh, I think as as for Fantasy Bible subscribers, uh, they can definitely fade Jonathan Taylor as I think we as a podcast are kind of fading Jonathan Taylor due to these circumstances. No, I will say this is my prediction. Quentin, Quentin Nelson uh, crushes his, the situation in five weeks, comes back, starts, hopefully gets the run because the run game it's a good offensive line they have some questions uh they brought in eric fisher obviously who whose situation is that he tore his Achilles. so uh with the chiefs so you know no telling Mm -hmm. how he's gonna hold up but i think it's fair to say that the run game is built around the strength of quentin nelson as just an anchor on the left side of the line and a guard that can do all the athletic pooling and downfield blocking that you need him to to ru- execute uh, a dynamic rushing threat um so yeah i'm definitely fading jonathan taylor uh i had a question for you but it slipped my mind oh i i also think uh, oh no what i was also gonna say is carson wentz i could see a situation here i almost think it's like i don't know i feel like carson Wentz is gonna come back around like eight weeks like in the middle of this timeline and then just like
0: be playing terribly because he's not fully healed and, yeah uh, and you know. he's a he's always a quarterback who can extend a play and scramble out a bit and roll out and complete a pass late into the you know if the play doesn't develop how it should so that's definitely going to be a problem if his foot is not 100 he's not going to be able to play like Carson Wentz he'll have to play like a Jimmy Garoppolo type game where he's in the pocket like that's going to be rough
1: yeah so like for whatever you believe in Carson Wentz he wasn't able to do that last year like he was he was able to like like he kept trying to duck out of plays and and he would get sacked and
0: and we saw how terrible it turned out for him
1: (laughs) yeah he was like i believe the most sacked quarterback in football if not you know top three um so the hope was that wouldn't be the situation in, in indianapolis but if it's like he's still playing that way which of course he's going to be and he has like a you know a physical like a a, you know a recovering foot it 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 doesn't bode
0: well for that situation uh so what else do we have in news uh there's a ton of trey lance hype somehow because he's, (laughs) he's not even practicing with the first team offense as of recording this from what everything i've seen jimmy g is apparently tearing it up in camp all the hype is around jimmy g if you're tuned into that at all so i think this solidifies what i thought that jimmy g will start the season and if he falters, we'll see Trey Lance. If he's winning every game, they're not going to pull him out. They have Super Bowl aspirations if they can get there. And I think Jimmy G is probably a better quarterback today in the NFL, if he's healthy. That's the whole thing. So uh, I think Trey Lance has better upside for fantasy in that offense, of course. But, yeah, it's going to be Jimmy G week one.
1: I think that's likely, but I, I still would advise draft the drafting of Trey Lance because his upside yeah. is – incredible i mean it, it, and the hype is i think is justified i won't yeah, spend yeah. too much more time with but yeah
0: he's absolutely worth stashing until he starts yeah um cd lamb hype he's making some highlight plays he is a beast uh more to talk about later no not in this episode but uh we talk about him almost every episode so yeah we yeah, dra- yeah we should be dude. drafting cd lamb <laughs> the thing is
1: i'm doing these mock drafts and cd lamb is coming in the fourth round and i'm like, not no, happening two rounds up
0: guys two rounds up yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow is apparently struggling in training camp, and our co-host here, uh, Nathan, hates Joe Burrow. He is, he wishes ill on Joe Burrow. That he is not he, at all. He hopes he never I recovers. Said. He hates watching him. He hopes this offense just crumbles beneath Joe us.
1: Burrow was one of my late-round targets. I am incredibly disappointed in this. The argument that I was having <laughs> with you and another unreasonable uh, member of the Fantasy Bible family is that practice observations are real things and if the offensive line is getting killed in practice situations that are favored towards the offense and joe burrow is unable to execute passes the same way that jalen hurts is unable to execute certain passes and jalen hurt and then joe burrow is playing with uh you know f- seemingly fear in a controlled situation i all i said was this is something that I'm to monitor because like it's not like there's anything to make of this one news report. I agree this one news report is bullshit, but you need to take in that information. So if there's a second news report, you know that it's the second one you're seeing and not the first one you're seeing because that starts to form a pattern. And if there's like three more reports about this not going well leading up to draft day, then Joe Burrow is no longer one of my like late round targets for quarterback.
0: I do. I do think it is a situation worth monitoring. Yes, I think it's early to make a decree one way or another. Um, he's coming off major knee. Did we even say surgery. like what,
1: what, what the why? Do we even
0: talk about what's going on with Joe Burrow? On the podcast, I don't think so. He's recovering from a massive knee injury last year. I think. No, that, I, I mean like why you say uh, I hate him and all that stuff. Oh, or did uh, we just jump into that? Oh, we just jumped into that because okay. yeah, we, were, we were having a conversation in our own private texting life. And uh, Nathan said, oh, look at this, Joe Burrow struggling. And I was like, I'm not really reading into that too much right now, but I'm going to be- read this aloud. Oh, God, here we go. All right. Joe Burrow,
1: it's just not good right now. Throws that felt like layups last year are dropping harmlessly away from receivers are easily broken up by multiple defenders. There might be a multitude of reasons for the struggles but this has been ugly at one point pressure pushed into his face and burrow lifted his leg into the air almost to avoid any accident with the close pocket it makes you wonder if the knee is still in his head but that's strictly guesswork the bottom line is there's no way to say his play looks comfortable at this point this isn't at all what you have seen from burrow even in the early camp moments of last season nobody is saying it won't turn around it will almost certainly will soon but if we're looking at tuesday we are uh, looking at a quarterback who went five of
0: twelve with one completion longer than ten yards against a rush train not to get near. Yeah, and you skipped the part where it said he almost surely will bounce back. I said I said that part. <laughs> oh, I, I stopped listening. I guess uh, my bad. I should probably listen. We're we're doing a podcast. Well, all I'm saying is pay attention <laughs> to the Joe Burrow practice notes and and, and that's fair. And we Andy were show. talking in episodes past that he could have a slow start to the season, and I do think that is still possible um yeah i think we'll touch on that later especially now that i have a vendetta that nathan hates joe burrow i'd like to keep (laughs) that going if possible dude Uh, i am dependent on the
1: Bengals offense on being productive this year because there's so many there's three receivers on the Bengals that are of value and that's just like gimme gimme gimme
0: yeah um i agree uh kenny galladay suffered a hamstring injury of some sort surprise surprise he had a hamstring injury last year sideline him for a few weeks then he came back and got injured again. Something else, I think, shoulder or chest or something, back maybe. But it's something to monitor. This guy, his hamstrings are like probably made of glass at this point in his career. Maybe uh, I. This definitely gives me pause because we're drafting in nine days. And yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't going to draft him anyway. You were
1: already low on Kenny Galladay as a as a unit.
0: Yeah, and reports were that he's not even standing out in camp yet. So I don't know. They paid him so much money, but there's other competent receiving options on that offense, and he's going to be nursing an injury to start the season. It's going to be uh, completely off of him. I will not have him no matter what. Okay. Um, I I would agree with you. And that does it for the news. There's all sorts of hype and other crap that I could get into, but it's, you know, I gave you the, the bullet points of what's important right now. All right,
1: I love it. So while I uh pull up something for the actually never mind, I found it. There's no need to kill time. Okay. So as we move into our mystery question segment, before we get into the preview, um, I have one question that has to do with the NFC North, the division we are previewing today. But the rest of the questions are a lot more self indulgent because I completed my big board last night. Ooh, very nice. And so this oh go ahead.
0: I don't have mine on hand. I might actually Let me pull it up. So just so if this is big board related, I can. Uh...
1: Oh, yes. This is Nate's big board quiz. Oh, okay. Bum, bum, so I don't bum, need bum, mine. Uh, yeah, no, no. You don't need yours. Um, the, I have one, two, three, four. I have five questions about my big board. One for each position and one about my overall big board, which is, you know, obviously all the positions combined. All right. I love um, it. All right. So this one. Is the most involved aaron jones nick chubb ezekiel elliott saquon barkley which order do i have them ranked this is kind of a test of how well you know my proclivities and how you would rank them yourself and if we're aligned
0: yeah so i'm going to say you have barkley last you have
1: i'll tell you if you're right if you get them right and you're right i do have barkley last and you
0: have zeke first and no okay so you have nick chubb first no oh and the fourth guy was aaron jones yeah okay so you have aaron jones first i don't think that's a bad move at all i think he should be in that conversation um and then so it'd be aaron jones nick chubb zeke is that correct
1: it's aaron jones zeke nick chubb saquon
0: yeah, and that's all about the pass-catching work that Zeke gets and Chubb doesn't. But otherwise, Chubb is just definitely a better runner at this time. Chubb
1: is my like my preferred running back, um, but I just don't think you can pass up you know the opportunity of, of Zeke in this offense. But, yeah, I, I do love Nick Chubb. Um, uh, and, but, yeah, the Aaron Jones thing, that's the point I wanted to make there, obviously, is that he has risen to fifth in my running back rankings because I don't think you can – I mean, now that Aaron Rodgers is there for sure, we just know mm-hmm. this guy's got a surefire role with no Jamal Williams. I know people are high on AJ Dillon. And I'm sure AJ Dillon's going to play a role, but he's not going to play as much of a pass catching role, in my opinion, as uh, Aaron Jones. All right. Moving on to the next question Where do you think I have Ram linked amongst wide receivers? 11 damn dude you got it
0: yeah i know i <laughs> i just updated mine so I, I have a very good read on where he's probably going to be drafted uh that's, yeah uh, that's yeah.
1: that's great all right this is this is an interesting one uh out of tight ends and you should you should know the answer for this uh tight ends which tight end do i have the biggest disparity between adp or rankings and uh where i have him ranked Noah fan. no it's dallas goddard no (laughs) think way lower oh okay uh
0: uh, let's see it's not logan thomas you are a logan thomas truther that's way lower.
1: way lower
0: oh we're talking about like a flyer tight end maybe yeah yeah like and and you're way lower on him no i'm way higher on him oh my bad i misunderstood the question tyler higby
1: no you should know the answer to this one way lower oh i won't who, take too much more time on this question yeah.
0: who have you been hyping up uh zach ertz <laughs> oh no, dude this is all you this is oh well, it's called cox. Comet.
1: oh it's molly cox you should have said my rankings dude well the thing is you obviously made a good argument for molly cox and these get wow, uh, dude it imprinted on me so i made my rankings and I'm then I, I checked it the other rankings i have him ranked 28th uh-huh and he is ranked 39th in oh oh, yeah (laughs) that is by far the biggest disparity between me and the average all right uh this one will be an easy one who is my highest rated rookie quarterback a rookie quarterback
0: highest of rank so this is a question of do you think this guy is going to be starting soon enough it's going to be Trey Lance I think
1: it is Trey Lance. yeah yeah.
0: so that's a question of how you want to draft because if Trey Lance doesn't start till week five, then Trevor Lawrence probably outscores him just because he's starting 16 games or maybe even Zach Wilson does. But uh, on the season,
1: it, Trevor Lawrence will outscore Trey Lance. Right. Yeah. But
0: I do agree with you having him ranked the highest. Yeah, he has the most fantasy upside, I'd say. All right. Uh, and then for the overall rankings, it's the battle of the Joshes. Who do I have ranked
1: higher, Josh Allen or Josh Jacobs? Josh Allen. You're correct. All right, that was a close one. Yeah, yeah, they're (laughs) really, really right next
0: to each other. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, I forgot about that whole meme, the Battle of the Joshes. That was a whole thing. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember (laughs) that. I do
1: remember that. That was amazing. All right. Uh. So my final uh question, what has to do with the NFC North is, and this is probably an obvious one as well. Which Packer? Well, it's your opinion. Which player on the Packers do you think is most elevated in ADP?
0: By the surefire return of Aaron Rodgers. Robert Tunyon, just based on what he would oh. be without Aaron Rodgers and what he is with Aaron Rodgers, because he's all touchdown upside. And without Aaron Rodgers, he has no touchdown upside on a week-to-week basis. But I think Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones were still borderline round one considerations, and they're now they're solid round one picks. So I, I think their ADP didn't rise so much, but obviously it's a lot more sure of a thing now. And uh Robert Tunyon would have been completely off my board. He would have been like wide receiver twenty something, but now Robert Tunyon is probably a top twelve tight end just based on week to week upside of he's probably going to score a touchdown here and there, and that's all you need from a streaming tight end.
1: All right, I think that's a very fair answer. Uh, I I was thinking Aaron Jones maybe just because Aaron Jones jumped up so high in my running back rankings, but yeah, mm. like for me Robert Tunyon would be undraftable if we were still murky on draft day, and now he's definitely draftable because even if he like cuts down on the touchdowns a bit, he just needs to get some of those touchdowns to be like a top seven tight end. Mm-hmm. All right, should we get into this uh, preview speaking of the Packers and and kick it off with the Packers?
0: Let's do it. Um, big headline, Aaron Rodgers is back. Are you starting Packers? You go for it. What, what, what are, what's the, yeah, the yeah. Packers situation? Okay, so Packers
1: obviously drama filled off season, but training camp happens. The MVP returns to Green Bay, gives an amazing speech about hey, people don't uh, come to Green Bay because it's a vacation de- destination. They come to Green Bay to play with me, Aaron Rodgers, the second best <laughs> quarterback in football. They have gone 13 and three two years in a row. It's one of the most reliable offenses in football. You can just depend on this offense to produce week to week. Uh, big changes, Corey Lindsley walks, but Aaron Jones gets a contract. They draft center Josh Myers to replace Corey Lindsley. They draft slot receiver Amari Rogers and then bring in Randall Cobb to then kibosh the hype of Amari kibosh. Rogers. I like kibosh, Cobb, kibosh. That yeah. Nice. Uh, so it's it's an unfortunate situation for Amari from a redraft perspective, but still, uh, you know, you you got to love it. Uh, I love him for dynasty, especially if – Well, do you got to love him for Dynasty? I don't know. I like the talent of Amari Rogers, the way he's got a uh, running back build and way of running, but it's looking more likely that uh, Aaron Rodgers might not be there in Green Bay next year, which obviously caps his upside because we don't know anything about Jordan Love. Um, Yeah, they bring in a new defensive coordinator, not that relevant for fantasy. So, uh, yeah, I guess we can talk about... What else is there to talk about? Do you want to run through these players? I mean, they were like uh, I believe fifth in DVOA last year. Oh no, they were first in DVOA, fifth in rushing DVOA. A uh, lot of 11 personnel, so a lot of situations where there's three wide receivers out there. Um, yeah, what? Uh, let, let's talk about these players. They got Devontae Adams, they got Randall Cobb. Do you think Randall Cobb supplants Marquez
0: Valdez-Scantling or Alan Lazard as the wide receiver too? Yeah, i think he probably is the wide receiver two on this team just with how much conviction aaron Rodgers wanted him on the team because he already had alan lazard on the team and he already vouched for him a bit but i think what he showed us was that he can count on randall cobb as being his second read um maybe first read on some plays you know if they design it that way i think he will be the second in targets besides uh Devontae adams for the receiving core um, I think he's worth like a flex consideration on your roster. And I don't think his ADP has caught up yet with that reality. Like, I don't think he's even being drafted right now, but no, he's not.
1: It's crazy.
0: Yeah. He definitely should be over guys like Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell without any certainty on their quarterback situation. Like those guys are going in drafts, and I don't really care anymore. Uh, Randall Cobb should be talked about more just as a flex or matchup situation where you can, you know, put him in your lineup and you probably get five, six targets.
1: You know it's kind of interesting. They're 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 a little different and they do it differently. But Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are both to a certain degree scramble around and make downfield plays, kind mm-hmm. of passers. And they've both like expressed that they want something. And Russell Wilson was like, "I need a good offensive line," and Aaron Rodgers was like, "I need a slot receiver."
0: Right. Um,
1: but it, 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 well, the offensive line is already good. But all I'm saying is he seems to want to target the slot more and obviously you know adams moves all over the formation but um and he seems to think randall cobb is the guy to do it so and obviously the chemistry is there so yeah i think I, you should definitely be drafting randall cobb as a a flex a late wide receiver i know we're in a three wide receiver league and he's definitely someone that it's hard to get three wide receivers you can start week to week so someone that could have that upside of connection with aaron Rodgers in a you know, a a number one, top five offense, most likely, it's gonna be good stuff. Um, Do you think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna have the same kind of season he had last year?
0: Or do you think he's gonna regress? He's definitely gonna regress. I mean, he threw a touchdown on nine point something percent of his passes, which is astronomical. That never happens. That's the second most of all time. So he's definitely going to regress on some level, and I think it comes from the touchdowns. His career average, I think, is like 6.4% of his passes he's throwing a touchdown, which is still heavily above the league average. So I think we see him hit closer to that six mark. I think even if we see him at 7% touchdown rate, that's still great, and you'll be happy week to week. But we're not going to have these, like, three touchdown Devontae Adams games all the time. Like, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to earth a little bit um i'm not worried though i still think they'll be firing on all cylinders i still think week to week they're one of the top offenses in the nfl so i'm not worried about that argument some people are more buying into that than i think they should but uh it's definitely worth mentioning he's not going to have a 50 touchdown season or something
1: i would agree um i also think it's worth noting that the offensive line might progress a little bit you know they get rid of cory lindsley and they're likely to replace him with a rookie in josh myers and then uh, Bakhtiari is is rehabbing from an ACL injury and is probably not going to start the year. So so they could have some real regression there, which obviously leads to re- regression along the line. Um, I don't know how much else there is to say about the Packers, except, fun fact, did you know that Marquez Valdez-Skelling had the highest yards per reception in the league last year?
0: God, That's disgusting because he's such a like boomer bust player terrible player to start on your fantasy roster he's like every time yeah. you think he might have a big week it's, it's just one target or something yeah stupid
1: we'll get this he also had the nfl's highest drop rate i believe that yeah so, <laughs> um so yeah it's it's the, the Devonte adams show it's the aaron jones show uh and then i like randall Cobb's, and i like robert tunny and i'm not buying shares of scantling or or lazard or yeah. anyone else on this offense no definitely. including aj Dillon. i'm not really a dylan fan
0: either yeah i don't think he has much value unless aaron uh aaron jones misses time but i'm not trying to count on that but if he does aj Dillon will be like the play of the week
1: <coughs> agreed all right who is uh next in this division who are
0: you taking this on to here is the bears yeah, the Bears—they did finish second in the division last crazy. year. Crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, they didn't look like an eight and eight team, but no. they were. They somehow were. <laughs> they looked more like a six and ten team, you know, somewhere around yeah, there. Six and eleven. Yeah, it's, this year would be. This year, Oh yeah, so Andy Dalton—they. Acquired him immediately in the offseason. they said he'll you'll be our starting quarterback and then they go and draft Justin Fields, maybe they didn't think they'd have the opportunity to draft a quarterback they liked but Justin Fields was there Carolina passed on him shouldn't have probably and yeah I think we'll see Andy Dalton start a few weeks he'll be Andy Dalton as usual and Justin Fields will take over at some point. Uh, Allen Robinson top 12 wide receiver and you should draft him accordingly I think it's pretty locked and loaded there's the top threat. Uh, i think he has a little more upside than last year because surely his quarterback situation can't get worse right uh, mm. uh, right see i think that's the narrative and I, I wrote that just because i want to believe it but i don't think it's a sure thing at all i think i remember like, how
1: cd lamb had this like amazing connection with Dak prescott and then andy dalton yeah uh, came and then cd lamb just kind of disappeared into the ether
0: yeah exactly so the argument that his quarterback situation can't get any worse is so like weightless it doesn't really you can't say for sure that Andy Dalton or Justin Fields in his first year as a rookie will be an actual better NFL quarterback than uh, what we saw from Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles last year
1: was it you that said Blake Bortles because like that was when Alan Robinson was not relevant
0: um no I, I don't think so
1: I, I can't remember if we talked about this before but there is a situation where the quarterback plays is so bad that he doesn't produce because we we've, we've seen it before
0: yeah he, what he has going for him is that he's the clear top dog on the receiving core but he does have Darnell Mooney, second year wide receiver. He looks great. Nipping at his heels. I don't think he can truly take over as the wide receiver one this year. But Allen Robinson is on a franchise tag, so he will likely be moving or they'll have to pay him a lot of money. But I think they love Darnell Mooney here in Chicago. I think they're planning on him being the wide receiver one going forward. So look to see him take a big step forward. He's going to be a value in drafts. I think we'll be talking about him similar to. Uh, maybe how we're talking about C.D. Lamb this year, next year. Um, uh, that's a name to watch. Definitely acquaint yourself. Take him at the end of your draft, uh, somewhere in the middle to late rounds.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah like the thing is you got to reach a little bit on Darnell Mooney because he's ranked lower than he should be going. And anyone that yes. knows stuff in your league will know that this guy has a lot of hype going into this season to take a huge leap from into like lower end wide receiver too. Territory, let's not
0: get like you know crazy, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so David Montgomery is a guy I'm really warming up to. I was really off of him after last year. I'm like, you know, it's flashing the pan, he showed a lot of the RB4, end of season. right? Yeah, th- yeah, he did, didn't he finish it? Yeah, the RB4 or something crazy, yeah, something yeah.
1: insane. If it wasn't RB5, it was RB4. Both are absolutely insane,
0: yeah. He, I think he was the RB1 through the last eight weeks of the season, just if you look at that span. So that's insane. He showed he's capable of doing it, and I think the biggest knock was, oh, he had an easy schedule, it was cake, and Tariq Cohen is out, and Tariq Cohen's coming back. Well, Tariq Cohen is still not 100% from his injury. He's week to week, according to their staff, so honestly, week to week, coming back from a torn ACL, it could be he's there for week one, it could be he's there for week six, like, I don't really know, and I think that gives David Montgomery an opportunity to show that he's still capable of doing what he did last year at the end of that season so yeah david montgomery is a guy i didn't want to draft i didn't expect to draft but he's a guy that i could end up drafting just based on how his adp is pretty low i think there is a shot where he can be like a a top 15 running back
1: um yeah damian williams is the uh, the running back that they signed uh, to, to compete for touches with you know whoever else is in the backfield. which i think it's worth noting that damian williams is actually like the best third running back they've had in a while because it was like Corderell Patterson and, yeah. and a bunch of other nobodies last year. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm with you on David Montgomery. Cause as I was making my big board and while he's definitely not high on my big board, I'm like, this dude, you can get in the fourth round. And he was the RB four last year. Like that's, yeah. that's insane. And while I don't believe in him, I, I think he might be fool schooled. getting that in the fourth round compared to, you know, like Mike Davis or Kareem Hunt yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna want that uh and sometimes he doesn't make it there he's not always there in the fourth round but often he is
0: yeah and then another thing that i didn't realize until uh i was listening to the fantasy footballers podcast today shout out mike the fantasy hit and right uh he mentioned that david montgomery suffered a potentially like season-ending groin tear at the in the preseason like we weren't expecting to even have David Montgomery for weeks. So what if we just saw like a neutered, (laughs) neutered David Montgomery (laughs) for the first few weeks? And then, you know, as he's feeling better, he ramped up the groin got better and we saw his true potential. Like that's a, that's a possibility. I didn't even think that that should be at least mentioned in the conversation about him.
1: Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's a personally, perfectly fair thing to consider. It's yeah. I mean, the line is not, great they did lose their left tackle i think they traded up for what's his name tevin jenkins yeah tevin jenkins to replace him ah,
0: the bears do get to play the lions twice a year yeah yeah they're not <laughs> in the strongest
1: division like like i don't think the vikings are going to be that great and obviously the lions are the lions so yeah and the packers uh,
0: had a bad run d last year it was I a, think, a run d you would target
1: Um yeah, absolutely. I think um sorry, I'm just thinking about David Montgomery. I think he's probably worth reaching on.
0: I I think he should go before DeAndre Swift. That's where I'm at. Oh,
1: that's insane to me. I'm so high on Swift right now.
0: Oh, really? All right. Well, Well we we will be getting to that. We do talk about the Lions on this episode. I would like to hear your case for. I'll give you my case against. Um but I think other than that for the Bears, uh, are you interested in the tight ends at all? Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham? I think they might split enough work to where I can't really stream either one. I'm not interested in Jimmy Graham because he's a
1: known quantity at tight end. At tight end at this, like I'm more interested in guys that could potentially far outperform their ADP. So then I am interested in Cole Komet who saw uh, you know an increasing amount of late season usage last year and has some hype going into the year so you know he is a last round tight end uh for me but yeah i if i'm drafting any tight end on this roster it's Cole Komet just for the chance that
0: he realizes the potential that, that is being uh you know okay. swirling around him yeah, that's fair. I think it's worth taking a late flyer on him if you want to take that shot, but I I don't think people should be drafting him as a week to week tight end. I think if you draft him, you're planning to stream that position or you should be planning to stream that position.
1: Agreed. Agreed. All right, are we are we wrapping up on the Bears? Anything else to say about the Bears here?
0: Uh that's 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 all, really.
1: All right, I will take us on to uh one of the most exciting teams in football right now. The Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Vikings, incredible head coach, uh miserable quarterback, miserable quarterback. If you're not following <laughs> what's going on with the uh, Minnesota Vikings, they have the lowest vaccination percentage in the NFL, which matters big time for fantasy football, especially given the new rules about forfeits and, and such. Uh, so, yeah, you can expect, I believe, anti uh, Adam Thielen is anti-vax, uh, Kirk Cousins is anti-vax, which obviously if you have a close contact, which he did with the, like, I don't know who had the close contact or who's sick or what the exact situation is right now in Minnesota, but the entire quarterback room is out because they obviously are all in close contact with each other. That could happen to the wide receiver room. That could happen to your Justin Jefferson at moments notice. Um, so yeah, something to really monitor and really the headline going into the Viking season here. But other than that, uh, you know, uh run-based offense traditionally (laughs) based on what mike zimmer wants to do yeah clint Clint kubiak is entering his first season as the offensive coordinator as the heir apparent to gary kubiak Um, so i think there's a lot of excitement around that because gary kubiak is obviously an excellent offensive coordinator and he's passed some of those lessons on to his son Um, when kirk cousins is helming this team they're a team that i like from a fantasy football perspective because it's very reliable. I mean, obviously Kirk is going to have bad weeks because he's not a great quarterback, but he also is likely to put up a lot of garbage time stats in situation where the Vikings are losing. He's just a very consistent quarterback from a stat output, output uh, perspective. But in, in this new weird COVID situation uh, where he's not getting vaccinated and we don't know, uh, I'll need to find out before the draft if he's had COVID, which obviously, um, would signify that hopefully he has some antibodies, um, although obviously it could affect his health. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, that that certainly introduces some uncertainty into the locker room for me. Um, Last season, they were surprisingly efficient in offensive DVOA ranking eighth. Um, As I mentioned, Clint Kubiak is taking over. Um, They ran 53% 53% of the time, past 47% of the time. So the running the ball thing is not just something people say, it it's a true, it shows up in the uh, analytics as well. Justin Jefferson, obviously uh, historic rookie receiving for a wide receiver, oh, oh Jesus, historic. <laughs> He's stroking out. <laughs> yeah, historic rookie season for a wide receiver. Um, Adam Thielen is, is someone that I love traditionally although the anti-vax stuff is rough but he's a guy that is often targeted in the red zone and often comes up with the clutch catches on third down Um, they also run quite a bit of uh, 11 personnel so they usually have three receivers out there when they're passing the ball and then a lot of pony formation with two running backs out there as well um so yeah that's uh really all I got on the Vikings let's see not not a lot of competition for that third uh, wide receiver spot, no, nothing to really be excited about there. Alex Madison is someone who's performed somewhat as a second option in the running back game if Dalvin Cook uh, is injured and he's known to be injury prone in the past. Um, they, uh, the, Their their line, which has been bad in the past, they they, they drafted Christian Derrissaw at left tackle um, and Wyatt Davis and Ezra Cleveland are ascending players on the line. Uh, so could be better this year. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got on the Vikings. Anything, anything from your perspective?
0: Uh, no, you pretty much wrapped it all up a nice little bow there. Um, yeah, I just emphasize that Alexander Madison is one of the only handcuffs that you should really consider as somebody you're drafting. Uh, you know, if Dalvin does go down, he would be the guy probably three down running back. He'd be the, you know, the top waiver wire ad, the stream of the week, all that kind of stuff. So.
1: Yeah, he's good enough that I'm definitely handcuffing if I if I were to draft Dalvin Cook, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. he's worth, you know, giving up a roster spot. There are so, some handcuffs where it's like, there's no one behind this guy. Like, Derek Henry is not really worth hand, handcuffing, for example.
0: Right. Uh, where you only, I, yeah, you only um, even want to consider handcuffing if it's like a clear cut who's going to be the next guy up, because otherwise you're just taking a guess and you're never going to play that guy and he might not even be worth playing, so. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, is is Has the COVID thing affected how you view this team at all?
0: Um. Yeah, I think if it continues that they're, you know, still not getting backs, so I think it's something to consider. Like, it might be a tiebreaker in my mind. Like, if I'm looking at Adam Thielen, and I don't know, like, just say,
1: Robert Woods, yeah. Cooper Cup, something like that.
0: Yeah, if I'm looking at all those guys, I'd be I'm more tempted to shy away from Adam Thielen just because of that their whole team could catch COVID they might have to reschedule I don't want to have to rely on that or worry about it but it's not something I would you know I'm not going to drop their rankings yet just because of that I think it's more of a tiebreaker in my mind very fair very fair all right
1: why don't you take us on to
0: the Lions all right where to start Um. so Matthew Stafford is gone so that's bad Jared Goff is there that's also bad uh, <laughs> they have no wide receivers of note uh they are i will name them off the depth chart because i don't have them memorized tyrell williams <laughs> brashad perriman and Quintes safest they drafted amon ross saint brown i did not know that geronimo allison was on this roster former green oh <laughs> wow yeah i didn't know he was still playing probably won't get too many snaps but honestly in that wide receiver room he might be the best one I don't even know (laughs) it's rough but TJ Hawkinson I think will have the most targets the most receptions on this offense he's their tight end uh, which makes him appealing for fantasy but I don't think this offense will have very many touchdowns so and that's really what I want I want touchdown upside if I'm going to draft a tight end in the early part of the draft TJ Hawkinson I think is consensus tight end six so you'd have to get him in the fifth or sixth round and that's too much for me for a guy that doesn't really i don't think he has much upside in this offense with how i'm projecting them to be and then running backs deandre swift the ever hyped second year running back fantasy darling he showed that he's capable of greatness he did have a concussion missed like three weeks on a concussion which was very odd and i do remember um adrian peterson when he was on that roster said in an interview that uh, after he had that concussion DeAndre Swift like wasn't really himself like it was a big big thing oh, so. I do remember that yeah so normally I'm not reading into concussions because everyone who plays the sport will have them but I that is concerning like that to me signals that it could be a recurring thing and we could see him miss if we see him miss extended time for a concussion again I don't think I'll ever draft him just because that scares me um, and then Jamal Williams behind him. They acquired him from the Packers. He was the running back behind Aaron Jones. He was serviceable. He's a good pass catcher, great pass blocker. I think we will see him a lot more than people are willing to admit. Those people who are high on DeAndre Swift. And I think that caps both of their upside in an offense that I don't think will have a lot of success with Jared Goff at the helm and no good wide receivers. I don't know. They just have a lot of question marks. They do have a decent offensive line, I think, but how much will that matter? I I don't know. What do you think?
1: So the reason DeAndre Swift has been sort of rising in my rankings lately is, one, uh, apparently he's very, very much standing out at training camp um, as an, as just an electric talent. Uh, and so is T.J. Hawkinson, apparently, and rumors mm-hmm. of Jared Goff going to Hawkinson a lot, which is something to consider. Not hearing a lot of uh, about Amon Ross St. Brown, who is someone who is, I was high on just because, yeah, like Tyrell Williams, I guess, is the other guy that maybe you're drafting on this offense, Uh, sorry to go off on a tangent, but yeah, back to DeAndre Swift. But yeah, back to what you were saying about the offensive line, that's part of the reason I'm high on him is the line figures to be pretty good. I mean, they got Frank Ragnow, one of the best centers in football. They drafted uh, Er, uh, Pene Sewell, obviously, you obviously, considered a semi-generational offensive line prospect. Taylor Decker is a solid left tackle. And then Hala Pula Vati Vaitai uh who was on the eagles for a number of years as is, is a very professional and versatile
0: pretty uh, good job as on as his well. name there you they you stumbled a little bit but i think you got it
1: yeah i i think i like i didn't do it smoothly but i i think i got it right just because i think I've, so. I've heard it before as uh because he was part of the eagles super bowl run and all that stuff so definitely a a, a relevant eagle for years um so yeah i well i'm not excited about this team the fact that anthony lynn has been brought on as the uh offensive coordinator and dan campbell seems like a like a ground and pound them kind of guy i think that the running backs are going to get a lot of usage uh they're just going to play on the strength of the offensive line maybe mm-hmm. try and set up some some browns action um uh, the browns have kind of set the precedent not really set the precedent because they do it in uh san francisco too and but, and it's not like a really a new thing but the browns have been really good at using both of their running backs in effective efficient ways to set up play action passing and uh you know kind of give well i don't know you uh, baker mayfield's a more mobile quarterback than jared goff is certainly so designed rollouts and stuff may work more for baker than goff but um i don't know i I just think they i could see them building their offense around the running game um semi successfully and in that situation. Uh like so lately I've been drafting Swift over Dobbins. I don't know if that'll continue for me. But when I get to uh where I'm picking at a certain point and guys like CEH and Joe Mixon are gone. Uh, it's very t- like those are kind of the top two guys available. Um who did you say you were drafting over DeAndre Swift?
0: Um David Montgomery.
1: Oh yeah. No, couldn't do it okay yeah
0: that's fair i mean i can see the case i'm not it's hard because i do think deandre swift is extremely talented i like him as a player i just don't think he's in a situation where he will succeed for fantasy this year um like i think they are i think you've got the right read on what they want to do they have a their strength is the offensive line and deandre swift is the most talented guy on that offense so I think they want to do the, uh, a lot of things with him. I don't think they'll have the luxury because their defense will put them in a situation where they, are, it's, you know, first minute of the second quarter and they're down 14 points. So, uh, all right, good luck. Keep running that ball and see how many games you lose. Maybe that's their goal. And if that's their goal, yeah, run DeAndre Swift into the ground. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, they're going to be in negative game scripts so much that they're going to have to pass the ball. And some of that will go to DeAndre Swift, so that's all right. But I don't think they're going to have many sustained drives. Like, it's, I don't know, it's going to be a dumpster fire. They're going to have bottom f- bottom five offense for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, there's not a lot of reasons to be excited about uh, the Lions. And maybe, maybe I should not let the... All the ingredients add up to like a, a cake that cannot be baked because <laughs> the Lions are trash typically. And yeah, it, I mean, I don't like Jared Goff, so but I don't know,
0: neither does uh Sean McBay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've made my argument for uh DeAndre Swift and I'm yeah. standing by the factors that contribute to that argument, but Lions are gonna Lions, you know? Yeah, um, all right, well, that's our uh. That's our preview of the NFC North, Dane. I think we did a yeah. good
0: job. We did. Um, yeah. It fell off pretty hard there once we got to the Lions, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think for fantasy, we have to mention that there's a couple guys worth looking at there. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, Tyrell Williams is like a late-round candidate for
0: surprise wide receiver one on that team. Yeah, like there's going to be somebody catching all those garbage time passes. Like they're going to have four-minute drill down – you Know probably 20 points, and they're going to be trying to air it out and try to get some points on the board. It's going to be like uh, maybe how Alan Robinson last year, all his points came in the fourth quarter as they tried to claw their way back in the game. So, yeah, I think, I think we could see some of that. And picking the guy is going to be hard. I don't know if nobody stands out and rises above the rest, then I don't want any part of it. But if we do see an emergence, then you could have massive value. It might be like one of the top waiver wire ads in week one if one of these guys is a big week.
1: Exactly. Like from Jared Goff, he's not like Tyra Taylor. There's going to be volume in this offense. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, as you all know, at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, com, where you can ask us questions, read our, read our blogs. Uh, there's pictures of us. If you want to see what you look like, I don't think Dean's written his bio. So it says not like yet. insert bio here, uh, which is a little Easter egg that you'll find on the website. Um, so uh, yeah. We'll see you guys on Wednesday for our preview of the AFC North. And then on Friday, the hot takes episode. Yeah. See you guys.